the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth Liebson. Monday, January 27th, 2022. Let me give the phone number right off the top. 602-508-0960. I'll do my monologue at the top of the third hour. I want to read you uh, something from Victor Davis Hanson in just a moment. Uh, let me also uh, put in a word on behalf of uh, another wonderful Supreme Court uh, decision, this one authored by Justice Gorsuch on uh, on, on the First Amendment and uh, religious exercise and freedom of speech. This is the uh, football coach in Bremerton High School in Washington State, Joe Kennedy, Joseph A. Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. I think it'll be called the Kennedy case. might be referred to as Bremerton. But I'll just give you the opening of, of Justice Gorsuch's uh, opinion because I think it um, it speaks for itself. Joseph Kennedy lost his job as a high school football coach because he knelt at midfield after games to offer a quiet prayer of thanks. Mr. Kennedy prayed during a period when school employees were free to speak with a friend, call for a reservation at a restaurant, check email, or attend to other personal matters. He offered his prayers quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. Too much for the state. Too much for the state of Washington. Well, too much for the First Amendment to allow that insult to go on. Why is it that you can order pizza, but you can't pray to God? Justice Gorsuch, thank you. All right, when I... um, when I saw this piece uh, from Victor Davis Hanson, uh, just posted uh, yesterday at American Greatness, I knew I wanted to share it with you and go through it with you. The left has been tempting fate since January of 2021, applying its nihilist medicine to America on the premise that such a rich patient can ride out any toxic shock. Our elites assume that all our nation's past violent protests, all its would-be revolutions, all its cultural upheavals, all its institutionalized lawlessness were predicated on one central faith, that America's central core is so strong, so rich, and so resilient that it can withstand almost any assault. So we can afford 120 days in 2020 of mass rioting, $2 billion in damages, 35 people killed, 1,500 police injured. We can easily survive in Afghanistan and our utter and complete military humiliation. There was no problem in abandoning some $80 billion in military loot to terrorists. Who cares that we tossed off a half a billion dollar new embassy and jettisoned a $300 million refitted airbase as long as our pride flags were waving in Kabul? Certainly, we can afford to restructure all our universities, eliminate free expression and speech, and institute Maoist cultural revolutionary fervor in our revered institutions of higher learning, once the world's greatest levelers of scientific advancement 
and technological protest. Pro, excuse me, <laughs> technological progress. We can jettison merit in every endeavor from banning the world's great books to grading math tests to running chemistry experiments. And still, a resilient America wouldn't notice. We assumed that our foundational documents, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, our natural bounty in North America, our cherished rule of law, our legal immigration traditions that drew in the most audacious and hardworking on the planet, and our guarantees of personal freedom and liberty led to such staggering wealth and affluence that nothing much that this mediocre generation could do would ever endanger our resilience. But such inheritances are not written in stone. America is the world's only successful, multiracial, democratic republic, was always fragile. It was and is always one generation away from disappearance. Should any cohort become so foolish as to mock its past, dismantle its institutions, revert to tribalism, redistribute rather than create wealth, and consume rather than invest? Yes, we can be a generation from disappearance. And we have an accounting with nature's limitations, given there is always a corrective, not a nice one, but remediation nonetheless for every excess. Our major cities are no longer safe. Somehow, the left has nearly wrecked San Francisco in less than 10 years. A once beautiful and vibrant city is lawless, dirty, toxic, often boarded up and losing population. It has turned into a medieval keep of well-protected nights and secure fiefs while everyone else is engaged in bellum omnium contra omnis, <laughs> the fight of all against all. We know it is so because California public officials talk of anything and everything, Roe versus Wade, transitions to electric cars, hundreds of millions of dollars in COVID-19 relief for illegal aliens, to mask their utter impotence to address human feces in the street, the random assaults on the vulnerable, and the inability to park a car and to return it intact and to return to it intact. Ditto the Dodge City downtowns of Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Seattle, Baltimore, Washington, and a host of others. Let me pause to point out the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, led a led a um, led a crowd last night in Chicago at a massive rally and protest where she said F Clarence Thomas, except she didn't use just the letter F. Mayor of Chicago, city where 25 people were shot that same weekend. Where 25 people were shot that weekend, she's promoting illegal sex with Clarence Thomas. Okay, just so we know. In just four or five years, all these major cities, Chicago, L.A., New York, Seattle, Baltimore, Washington, they have given up on fully funding the police. Aggressive prosecutors indicting the violent and ubiquitous civil servants ensuring the streets are free of trash, vermin, jetsam, and human excrement. The basic duties of every municipality and local governance. There are natural reactions to such excesses. Of course, the most terrifying is that our once great cities, especially their downtowns, will simply shrink into something like a ghost town, our version of of an out west body or an abandoned Roman city in the sand like Leptis, Magna, or a Chernobyl. But the culprit will not be a played out mine or encroaching desert or a nuclear meltdown. Rather, the progressive leadership of a worn out, bankrupt people who no longer possess the confidence to keep their urban civilization safe and viable. And so, 
They either fled or they joined the mob or they locked themselves up in fortified citadels, both in fear to go out and terrified of losing what they own. The wealthy in San Francisco, the wealthy everywhere, every major city, have security. They often have a gated community or they live behind a wall and a fence while telling the rest of the American people they cannot have that as a matter of national sovereignty. We are seeing deterioration in our major cities before our very eyes. Stores are boarded up. Women cease to walk alone after sunset. Police officers walking the beat are now rare. Hate crimes, smash and grab robberies and carjackings go unpunished. Streets are filthy and littered. Commerce and and human interaction cease at dusk as if in expectation that zombies will emerge to control the streets. Criminals, when arrested, are not always identified. The media censoring names and descriptions on their own selective theories of social justice. But again, the culprit is not the COVID plague or want of money. It is us, we who have turned over our cities to the incompetent, the selfish, the timid, and the violent. There again is an antidote, but doubling the police force, bringing back broken windows policing, electing tough prosecutors, moving the homeless from the downtown into hospitals and supervised shelters beyond the suburbs, arresting, convicting and incarcerating the guilty. All that seems well beyond this generation's capacity, reach and interest. Would not such efforts be unfair to the mere rock thrower? Who says the fentanyl user has no right to defecate on the street? Would not our jails become overcrowded? Would the incarcerated be unduly overrepresented by this or that racial group? Joe Biden took a strong economy, albeit one that after three serial spendthrift presidencies faced a huge debt and rendezvous with fiscal sobriety, and he utterly ruined it. He discouraged labor participation with federal checks. He ensured that his minions on the politicized Federal Reserve would keep interest rates artificially low. He inflated the money supply while debasing the value of the currency. He brought back mindless regulation and put ideological commissars in place to ensure the corporations, banks, and Wall Street would be woke, allowing ideology to warp ancient economic laws that kept prices stable, supply and demand imbalance, and incentives to work and profit. Many thought Biden would have needed at least four or five years to wreck such a strong economy with such nihilism. He did it in 16 months. We'll talk more about that fragility in just just a few moments. It's important that we remember that this isn't forever here. It depends on us. That's why citizenship is such an important word. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. I take it every single day. Pure, potent plant power, blend of 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables. It's a fantastic product. It gives me energy, gives me uh, immunity, boosts my immunity, boosts my health. It's just fantastic. It's 100%, totally, completely all fruits and vegetables, nothing added, no sugars, no nothing. You just take it once a day. And you are good to go. It's a great company that not only believes in our um, the importance of us communicating with one another and sponsoring these kinds of platforms, but also one of my pet projects, which is Teaching American History. Fantastic project on that. They're involved in as well, while making the best product I've ever 
taken. Balanceofnature.com. Check them out. And if you order their fruits and veggies, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Discount code BALANCE. We came in with uh, Elvis Presley. I saw the movie. Uh, curious uh, any of your reactions for those of you that saw it. I, I have to tell you, <laughs> uh, everyone I know and respect loved that movie. Uh, those that have seen it, the Elvis movie. And I... Uh, I Left the theater thinking of what Walker Percy once said, which was the novelist Walker Percy, which is, I, I hate to find tedious what gives such general satisfaction, but I find it tedious. I, I, it was, to me, not a great movie um, in any event. I was walking through with you uh, some of what Dick, Victor Davis Hanson was writing in, uh, over the weekend, and I think it's it's perhaps one of his most important essays, The Fragility of America. You can shake this place, strong as it is, strong as this city on a hill is. The lights can be dimmed, and the foundations can be shaken, and they have been convulsed. Nature, he writes, is about to step in with a recession, and perhaps even a depression, to correct the Biden madness. If interest rates rise, capital dries up, businesses close, employers cut back, consumers no longer have access to easy money and the nation becomes inert, the country will be worse off, spend less, and that too will be a brutal solution of sorts to Biden's hyperinflation and stagflation. Still, it's hard to see how anyone in the government might prefer the proper and necessary medicine at this late hour. An updated Simpson-Bowles plan still could address long-term Insolvency, meaningless regulations could be pruned back. The tax code could be radically altered and simplified to encourage investment rather than consumption. Entitlements could be calibrated by incentives to become productive rather than to remain inert. All of that might return us to a sound currency, a strong GDP, long-term financial solvency, and general prosperity for all. But are not such medicines perceived as worse and the disease they're trying to cure, there is an answer to the open border when upward of 4 million illegal aliens will flow into the United States in a mere two years without audits, English, capital, income, vaccinations, and with no idea how to house, feed, or provide health care for millions without background checks. At this late date, the corrections of stopping catch and release, ending amnesties, hiring more Border Patrol officers and immigration judges, or building more detention centers are too little, too late. Eventually, Americans will become acculturated to large enclaves of endemic poverty as millions with no familiarity with the United States are neither assimilated nor integrated. The border will disappear. Northern Mexico and the southern United States will become indistinguishable. Millions simply simply will be drifting back and forth in the matter of an ancient gal or Germania. Large areas of Texas, Arizona, and California are already returning to such pre-state status. Or the alternate corrective will be the completion of a massive wall from the Pacific to the Gulf with strict audits of all would-be immigrants, immediate deportations for lawbreakers, and legal-only immigration that is measured, diverse, and meritocratic. How many people think that this country has the gumption and will to do that? We are reaching the inflection point quickly. And will either experience the absolute destruction of the border or radical backlash, given that the current mess is 
unsustainable. Either a nation with borders survives or a tribal and nomadic region supplants it. If you happen to be wealthy enough to live in a gated community or a community with security, think about how long and how fast it would last if all that disappeared tomorrow. If America chooses to shut down refineries, put our rich oil and natural gas fields off limits, cancel pipelines, and demonize the fossil fuel industry, then of course prices for carbon fuels will explode. The Biden administration talks nonsensically about Tesla's batteries and electrical replacements, but it is not greenlighting mining for the critical minerals needed for batteries. It is not encouraging nuclear power plants to provide enough power for a clean fleet of 200 million electric cars. There is no Marshall Plan to wean America off mostly non-polluting natural gas and gasoline onto electricity-hungry engines. Instead, Biden begs the Saudis, the Russians, the Venezuelans, and even the Iranians to pump the fuel that he will not let Americans pump. He seeks to drain the strategic petroleum reserve that can supply only a fraction of the oil America gulps daily. He defines his own pre-midterm self-created mess as a national emergency to tap a reserve he would never fill or even refill. So what is the natural corrective to unaffordable fuel? A likely Biden recession or depression in which the middle classes simply do not enjoy jobs that pay enough to afford 6 to $9 a gallon gas. And so they will not drive. Vacations, optional shopping trips, visits to friends, all that and more will taper off. Gas will stabilize at near European levels and the people, as planned, will be rerouted into dirty and unsafe subways and mass transit. Another dream of the Democratic Party palace. Biden will be happy, but America won't be the same country, mobile or otherwise. America was predicated on each generation following the prompt of the prior, modulating when change was necessary, but not daring to tamper the foundational principles and values that explained our singular wealth, power, and leisure. This generation, in its arrogance, tested fate. It felt itself smarter and morally superior to its betters of the past. It lost that wager, and now we, the public, are paying for its foolishness. To destroy America as we have always known it, there was far less necessary to ruin than our elite believed. Like a stunned adolescent whose reckless incompetence totaled the family car, the left seemed shocked that America proved so fragile after all. The only thing I disagree with regarding what Victor Davis Hansen wrote there, and he'd probably consent to my um, emendation, is that it's been a little longer, just a little bit longer than 30 years. But I have to tell you, as we head into this July 4th, have you ever felt less national pride heading into an Independence Day holiday? Ever? Ever? I know I haven't. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski joins us for our culture and economy update. No one better than John. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. He also has his own radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. on 960 a.m. The Word on Wealth. Happy Monday, John. Hope you had a great weekend. I did. The rain was uh, welcomed and it was, uh, it was a nice Let me know change. if you need more. Yes, uh, please. Because I will go and wash my car, which I did three days in a row. And uh, predicted rain each time, so you just let me know if you need more rain. I'll go wash my car, and you'll get it. Uh, no need. I did the same, and okay. So we we have right. the same. It has the same effect. <laughs> okay. All right. If anyone needs rain, just let JD let or me know, know and, yes. and we'll go wash our cars, and you'll get rain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is our climate update. Yes. Um, culture, economy, and climate with John well, Dabrowski. Little culture today. A little 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 cultural climate. I want to talk to you a little bit about the housing market before yeah. I do. Yes. This story just got passed to me, and I, I initial reactions. It's it, I wondered about this. Uh-huh. I haven't seen numbers on it. Only twenty percent of U.S. workers in office three days or more. This is a problem, isn't it? Or maybe it's not. You tell me what your sense is. Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's a big problem. Okay, obviously, and it's it's leading to. Um, you know, a significant change in companies' policies and the way they're going to have to do business unless we can right this ship. And I don't know if, you know, certain industries may uh, really have to change the, the way they do business with their employees. There's no question about it. Uh, I, I constantly am hearing people still working from home uh, and or, you know, even on vacation, they're, they're going to, you know, Colorado, but they're working. They're yeah. bringing their computer and working. Or going. If I guess if this is possible... I, you know, then maybe that's a good thing for certain companies. But there are other companies out there, Seth, that this is absolutely not going to be able to be sustainable for them to continue to grow their business. Yeah, I think that's right. I also think, John, in a way, there's going to be a cultural shift inside these offices. Mm -hmm. If there isn't already, it seems to me you're going to have resentments building against those who are, you know, who have no choice but Mm -hmm. to be there and those who are maybe given a choice to be there or not. It just seems to me I'd like to be wrong and maybe I will be wrong, but I'm picking up a sense from certain employees at other larger corporations that that is a brewing by the way well you're there every every week five days a week well i yes yeah and that, so is bill and, <laughs> and, and so the are you and so am i yeah we're all we're you know we, few, we're, we have a few we're picking we, we do pretty well here yeah. we have a pretty good dush uh what would you call it attendance rate here yes. talk to me a little bit about the housing market slowdown there's this interesting story at cnbc the housing market slowdown is showing up in shipping data from china Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Talk yeah. to us. Well, apparently what we're seeing, and this is something that I believe we all probably believe was going to occur here, uh, but it's really starting to show up. And that's in the shipments we're seeing uh, declining from uh, uh, a variety of different items maybe that are shipped from overseas, whether that's orders for furniture, for appliances. Uh, certain things, though, are still very strong, which is footwear they're talking about, sneakers, things like that. Uh, and Nike reported today uh, better-than-expected earnings uh, as well as profits. Uh, but the interesting thing is is they did not uh, forecast what their uh, future uh, quarter is going to look like or the year. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, but we're still seeing uh, school, uh, apparently back-to-school type of uh, the season here for the summer, uh, and you're going to start to see apparel and orders for those types of items for uh, school are, are still strong. 
but there's definitely a sign here what we're seeing a slowdown across a variety of different areas uh, when it comes to real estate as well as uh, the supplies for uh, the building trades in the real estate uh, industry. And that's that's certainly going to make it easier, I think, for um, those out there maybe who are building a home or whatever it may be. But lumber prices, a drastic uh, decrease in lumber prices, which, as we know, years uh, last year were tremendous, double, triple of what the cost of lumber was uh, just a couple of years ago. Is this some of the softening of the market? Is this what's fueling some of the softening of the market, or is that really coming from a different direction? I think the interest rates is what started yeah. it, yeah. and then we're starting to ultimately see this trickle-down effect yeah. because of it. Uh, so you're seeing it in a lot of different areas of, of the market, which I think we have to see. I just wish that it could be in oil and gas prices, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Oh, my gosh. What a well-put uh, sentiment, John. Yeah. What a well-put sentiment. Yeah. Just shift. Sh- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> shift the soft. Exactly. Shift yeah. the softening. All right, brother. Thank you for that. We have a lot to do this week. Uh, yeah. You're going to be around, and uh, you're going to take off for the fourth? or are you gonna uh, be Yeah, we're going to do a little uh, go up to Prescott a little bit and get out of this heat, hopefully. We'll Prescott see, uh, must be one of the city, one of the country's most patriotic cities, I would yeah, imagine. I, I'm telling you, in our shop, Liberty Lane up there, it, my wife has it stocked with patriotic, uh, you know, items. And I, I may come, come by this up weekend. There and check it out. Liberty right. Lane. I may come Liberty, by yeah. this weekend. Thank you, JD. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA, Certificate and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. You bet. Is it dog friendly, by the way? It is absolutely dog friendly. You bring puppies. I might just do that. I okay, love those Jay. pictures you sent me, too. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> Lots of love, John. Till tomorrow. Yep. Bye. knows what they're going to come up with uh this just came over the um over the uh, update january update came over the transom january 6th committee announced a surprise hearing for tuesday on new evidence they just announced the january 6th uh, committee just announced they have a surprise hearing tomorrow no one expected it uh with new evidence all right let's hold their feet to that fire remember the whole point of this exercise of the January 6th hearings was to tie Donald Trump to the violence that took place on the Capitol. We were supposed to have this wrapped up by June. Benny Thompson, the chairman of the committee, now says it will be July. We'll see what this new evidence is. Of course, we will. We won't, we, 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 we won't avoid it. But I'm going to predict right now, right now, it will have nothing to do any more than the impeachment did or the hearings last year from the January 6th committee did, untying Donald Trump to initiating or instigating the violence that took place on Capitol Hill. All this time, all this money, all this ink spilt, and they have yet to do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, if they had the goods on this, they would have leaked it. They would have leaked it. I have a feeling that they're trying to dull a different story. I have a feeling they're trying to compete with a different narrative. What might that narrative be that they're trying to compete with? Did you know that the Department of Homeland Security put out a brief on Friday? I'll read you the title of it. Domestic violent extremist activity likely in response to U.S. Supreme Court decision on abortion. Did you know they put out that domestic violence extremist activity was likely, likely? And it wasn't coming from conservatives. And it wasn't coming from people who agreed with the majority decision on the Supreme Court. 
Washington Examiner puts it this way. In Arizona, rioting after the Supreme Court abortion ruling caused significant criminal damage to the Arizona State Capitol on Friday night. The mobs of about 8,000 people who were dispersed by Arizona state troopers using tear gas created a direct threat to the Senate, which was in session at the time, and prompted occupants the building to seek cover, according to the Arizona Department of Public Safety. A statement from the Senate Republicans said people inside the building returned to the Senate chambers once the premises were secure, but noted, quote, unfortunately, the system that circulates the air through the facility pulled some of the smoke or tear gas into the Senate chambers, making it unhealthy for anyone to return. Therefore, the proceedings had to be moved. A disruption of democracy, you might ask, on the final day of the legislative session? How about in California? L.A. police department officers were assaulted by projectiles, fireworks, and a makeshift blowtorch on Friday evening, resulting in two arrests, by the way, for attempted murder, and four officers sent to the hospital with burns. Michael Ortizan, Juliana Bernardo, aged 23 and 30, were the two charged with attempted murder. Colorado. Authorities and the FBI are investigating a fire at a pregnancy center that was damaged after the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade as arson. Authorities responded to a report fire at Life Choices, a pregnancy care center in Longmont, Colorado, a little after 3 a.m. on Saturday and found that the building had sustained heavy uh, fire and heavy smoke damage. The front of the property had also been vandalized. Oregon, 10 people arrested on Friday following pro-abortion protests that classed police barricade. Eugene Police Department became aware of a demonstration outside Dove Medical Center, a free pregnancy diagnosis clinic, at 10 p.m and set to block the building due to the potent potential for property damage. 75 protesters arrived in hoods and masks, with several wearing gas masks and throwing smoke bombs at police who had established a barrier around the building. Rhode Island. Jennifer Rourke, a Democratic state Senate candidate, shared a video Saturday that she claimed showed police officer Jen Lugo, her Republican opponent, slapping her several times while she was speaking at a rally. At a rally, police later confirmed Lugo was shown in the video. He dropped out of the race on Saturday, but did not give a reason, stating only it was not the right time to seek office. Providence Police Department, where Lugo had served three years, placed the officer on paid leave Saturday pending a criminal investigation. Virginia surveillance footage released by released by the Lynchburg Police Department shows a group of four individuals walking away from the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center at 1.30 a.m. Multiple broken windows, graffiti, distinct messages in the graffiti saying, if abortion ain't safe, you ain't safe. Washington, D.C., protesters arrested for throwing paint and other projectiles over protective fencing surrounding the Supreme Court building. On and on, this is going to continue, especially with James' revenge unremitting, and especially with the media now shifting right back to January 6th. There's something very, very, this is heartbreaking. This I have to share with you is really heartbreaking. Something very wrong here. A listener writes me this email. We should spend some time trying to think about how to deal with it. I'll keep all names out of it. I have some sad tidings that resulted from the aftermath of the Supreme Court ruling on Friday. 
First, so you know, I have one daughter and two sons. All adults, all under 35. None have children at this time. When the court's decision came up this weekend, and I and one son explained to everyone there had been no removal of any constitutional rights to anything due to this decision, there was a mini-woke riot in my house. The proponents of not having the Roe versus Wade decision reversed acted just like the troublemakers we see on TV, shoutings of names and accusations of wanting to be in control of women. All the other things you see in the mainstream medium were held at me and the one son who understood what happened. I did let them all know that they do have the ability to make the laws in our and all the other states and that the issue is not in the Constitution and therefore up to the individual states as set out in the Bill of Rights. Both my son and I were calm and fact-based in our discussions. The sad part, both my older children announced they will not be involved with family gatherings in the future. Just exactly what the left is shooting for. They all stated that any violence done in the name of protesting on behalf of a woman's right to choose is fine in their views. Another home run for the left. My son's birthday is this week. We won't have our usual family party for him. And the final straw was when my wife indicated that I should be happy since I have alienated two of my kids. And I responded that all of us have the right to our opinions and we should all just time take the time to look at the details and actual laws before we swallow hook, line, and sinker the mainstream media's narrative, which is what the tirade sounded like to me. Just because I don't agree with the leftist views and I'm aware enough of the lies of the mainstream propaganda machine, I have no right to my opinions? Now... My family is mostly with the left, including my wife. We had a heated discussion about the findings of the court about the coach who was fired for praying at a game, indeed. The sort of division of our country now goes as far down as the family who have some members who have been educated by the left and the media. The total violent actions and reaction is okay, even with their own family. It is very sad. Yes, it's very sad. Let's talk about it when we come back. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. Y-Refi is available to you in making a great offer if you're interested in a unique and investment opportunity that is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all on a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's run by great people. I know them. They're here locally based. You can go and visit them. You won't get a sales pitch. They'll just... Talk to you about what it is that they do, which is help people get out of debt the right way by paying off their debts, doing it with dignity, getting all kinds of all kinds of rewards along the way, including FICO score recovery. You can be part of that, too. As I say, no sales pitch. They'll just talk to you about what it is that they do and let it speak for itself. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y dot com, investyrefi.com, or give them a call at 855 855- Three one six three zero eight seven. What do you say to that father that I just told you about? What do you say to that son of his that I just told you about that hold one opinion on the Supreme Court cases we've recently seen involving both Roe versus Wade and religious freedom, where the daughters and the mother will no longer talk to them and where birthday parties, family gatherings are being canceled? What do you say to them? What is what is the right approach to that? I think the first thing, honest to God, is pointing out that this is new. 
This is all very new. This anger and bitterness over not having your way, over not winning a political or constitutionally legal victory. This is all very new. There were no pro-life riots or protests in the streets in 1973 when Roe v. Wade, decided by the way, by seven men, was foisted upon this nation. There were no protests or violent riots when the Supreme Court affirmed Obamacare. There were no riots or protests when gay marriage was found to be constitutionally and on equal par with heterosexual marriage. We don't take the law into our own hands in anything called a country with representative democracy. If you think the answer is your way or violence, then explain to me why we even have elections in the first place. Honest to God, why do we have elections if you think violence is justified if you don't get the outcome you want? What is the point of them? Really, what is the point? What is the point of expanding the right of the access to the ballot box if you don't accept what the results of that expanded right to the ballot box may produce from time to time? Who's anti-democracy here? Who's extremist here? Is that a conversation a family might have in these kinds of situations? It's worth thinking about. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.